This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, this is Unai Emery. Happy Christmas and Happy New Year. Every supporter. said unapologetic and dysfunctional villa christmas special of 2023 the bells get lamer as every year goes by oh, no. I, I don't know how to turn it off david it just won't turn off it's like villa victories it's unstoppable <laughs> welcome Joining me for a little uh, stroll through the year that was 2023, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, and our returning Villa buddy, Mr. Dan Rogers. Welcome all. Hello, hello. Hello. Oh, it doesn't sound like a very happy Christmas, does I, it? I hadn't come in. I'm here to, ch- to lift spirits. <laughs> he is. He's I'm, back. Merry Christmas, my Villa chums. I'm, I'm back like the Christmas present you can't return, the ghost of Villa past. <laughs> I'm wet like a Castore shirt. I'm here for you, David. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. Are you still going to the villa? Are you still watching the villa? Or or are you one of these, like, sadomasochists who were only going down the villa when we were shit over the last 10 years? I'm a reverse glory hunter. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. I've got St. Andrews now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's left of it? I throw cabbages at Wayne Rooney. It's, It's great. When's the last time you felt like you do now as a Villa fan in the context of supporting Villa when when was the last time you had that warm feeling Phil Shaw mm, probably Brian Little that season mm. that one season with the League Cup semi-final the FA Cup and top four mm. Chris Burke. probably under O'Neill I'd say we were you know, we were kind of in the top four hunt then weren't we and fighting on cup fronts never got it over the line mine so hopefully yeah, I'm going to go one step further I remember Christmas we played Arsenal didn't we at I think it was there we... was it Villa Park it was a 2-2 Zach yeah, Knight, Zach Knight popped up. But yeah, I think Arsenal were playing in yellow. But that was a feeling where you you were going toe to toe with the teams around you, and there was a bit of belief there. So yeah, I, w- I would say that was the last time properly. Dan Rogers, um, other than the times mentioned, very briefly under under John Gregory, a bit of an awkward Christmas link, I suppose, with what happened to Santa at Villa Park. But mm. that's probably because we were challenging at Christmas time, weren't we? And we, we, should top, have, weren't we? we should have strengthened. Mm-hmm. In the Jan, well, it was, yeah, it would have been the January window then, and we didn't. And rest is history. But yeah, I guess O'Neill would be the the last time we made any meaningful strides. Yeah, I, I'm, I was trying to think. Did I feel under O'Neill as I did, like under Graham Taylor in that season, where we were challenging Liverpool, and also Ron Atkinson in that season. You know, especially uh, when you left Old Trafford with that one all, and you felt right, we're in a title race here. I think leaving that Manchester City game, I mean, I don't think during any of those managers, there was such an impressive performance against a team of that ilk. Not over two halves, anyway. No, I remember, you know, when we beat Liverpool, because we we struggled to beat Liverpool in that time, Dean Saunders, I think, scored a couple. I think it was the Ronnie Rosenthal miss game. Yeah, it was that one. We beat him 4-2. That was a Liverpool team on on the demise, wasn't it? It wasn't... uh, Mm -hmm. 
wasn't a classic Liverpool team, but Manchester City are the European champions and Premier League champions and, you know, treble winners. So the best team in the world so by most people's money. But yeah, no, it's, it is weird. We're legitimately a good team. I mean, we were a good side in that lockdown period, weren't we? Until, I think was it, we got to was it sixth place we were at under, under, under Smith on Boxing Day when we beat Palace and then it just fell apart, didn't it, after that? Yeah, that's that was basically that was a bit Spursy. Of a... That was Spurs. Yeah, it was Spurs this season. Any team can start off well. They find themselves at the top after you know four, six, seven games. We've done it over a calendar year. Yeah, so this is different because even though most pundits haven't really realised this, you know, we're here to stay. Hopefully, it's only the beginning of our legacy. Supporting the My Old Man Said podcast throughout the festive period is NordVPN, and they are offering listeners an extra four months free on top of cracking savings on their vpn package which can potentially help with that festive viewing especially if you're away from home this christmas as a vpn enables you to watch sporting events and tv shows by switching your virtual online location from a physical location that might not allow you to watch certain matches at certain hours while at the same time, it also protects your online privacy on up to six devices. To get the exclusive package and also a no-risk 30-day money-back guarantee, go to nordvpn.com moms or check out this show's program notes as well. Thank you very much. Coming up in the Christmas special. If you've listened before, normally over two or three parts. The clues in the dysfunctional and unapologetic. You know, there's there's Christmas, not carols, it's more poems, isn't it, Phil Shaw? It is. Irish prose. We get into various awards from the sublime to the ridiculous. While going through the shows will be the underlining theme of the top five players of the Villa 2023. Previous winners have included Esri Konza won it in 2020. Emmy Martinez won it in 2021. Jacob Ramsey won it in 2022. Why didn't Martinez win it in 2022? Won a World Cup. I think he got everything else. This is yeah. a dysfunctional podcast, I'll just remind oh, you. Oh, right, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alexander Tonev won it the one year. <laughs> <laughs> he stole it, didn't he? Well, it's, uh, that, yeah, but even that wasn't as surprising as Stephen Ireland actually winning the club's official uh, <laughs> supporters <laughs> player of the year. I mean, That's how, how that, bad we were that year. How that happened, I still uh, we have all no endorsed idea. it. Oh, yes, yes, he done very well. Well he, did, well, he did one thing, didn't he? He scored against Chelsea, like that New Year's game at Stamford Bridge under McLeish, and that was the last time McLeish did anything or Ireland did anything. Well, we, we really have been spoiled the last 15 home games, haven't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I had no idea how we broke that record with the uh, the Villa Park home run. I mean, nobody ever saw that coming uh, based on the last 10 years of... I mean, even under O'Neill, we were better away yeah, we were at home. Yeah, we were, yeah. And even in the championship where we spent a fortune. Yeah. So even when we should have been good, we've been, you have to go back to the 80s when we were really good at home. I mean, our away form was, was fairly shocking, but the home form was like really rock solid. So we're in that period now, uh, and, and obviously we won things then. So hopefully, I think there's more, there's a bigger depth, isn't there, in terms of opposition. Back in the 80s, it was literally just Liverpool. Now it's... Uh, well, they're there as well, but uh, there's other beasts. Soon to be Aston Villa. <laughs> the mega beast. Right, let's start off, shall we? It's something that we used to do, something for the weekend, uh, a Villa week and a Villa minute, but uh, we're going to go for a Villa year in a Villa minute. Read by Mr. Christopher Budd. And I don't have to do it in a Scouse accent this year, bonus. No, we got rid of that chap. Thank God. Right, so let's set the scene for the rest of the shows with this Villa year in a Villa minute. I'll count, count me in. in. Three, two, one. Villa went into 2023 with two new recruits, Alex Moreno and John Duran, and a Golden Glove winner and World Cup winner in Emmy Martinez. Although he missed the New Year's Day impressive win over Spurs before Villa were frustratingly dumped out of the FA Cup by lowly Stevenage. A run of three defeats in February and conceding 11 goals gave Emery plenty to think about. The Villa boss is a quick study though. Seven clean sheets in the next 10 unbeaten games followed. Suddenly Villa were top five for a night. Final day victory over Brighton saw Villa dusting off their passport for the first time in over a 
decade. Although, as Jacob Ramsey pointed out, it was only the Conference League. While Springsteen rocked Villa Park in the summer, in came Pau Torres, Diaby and Tielemans. After pre-season in the States, Villa started the season in disastrous fashion, losing heavy hitters Mings and Buendia with season-ending injuries, compounded with a 5-1 thumping at St James's Park on opening day. Fortress Villa Park stood firm, though, with Villa battering all comers. After putting McGinn's former team Hibs to the sword, the 4-1 favourites for the tournament got poleaxed in Warsaw. However, it proved to be barely an inconvenience as they won the group. More impressive achievements were to be found in the league as Villa looked intent on upgrading their European adventure. Back-to-back statement wins against City and Arsenal in a week extended a record run of consecutive wins to 15, cementing Villa in the top four. If villains had stopped believing in Santa Claus, they certainly had unwavering faith for Senor Emery. Merry Christmas and a Champions League New Year to all, hopefully. Right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this calendar year of 2023. But we'll we'll take it up to the 38 game mark, which finished with that win against Arsenal, which left us. And I mean, we've been monitoring this uh, throughout uh, 2023, and Villa have have been second most of the time. You know, when it got to a level of uh, around double figures, where it was worth looking at, uh, I think they they briefly dropped to third at one stage but recently in the latter part of this year reclaimed second spots well at the 38 game mark anyway the the win against Arsenal was pivotal to that you go back when we spoke about the calendar year last season and we were 12th and obviously compromised by Steven Gerrard season before that in 2021 at this stage after 39 games we were 11th and the difference is you know you look at that one 39 games you've got 48 points compared to 78 points this time round. That's playing one less game, 30 extra points. That's that's insane. Yeah, and it's the goal difference as well. Minus eight goal difference in 21, 22, minus four. And I mean, this is unheard of. 28 plus 28 in the calendar year 23. Yeah, but that's not Should- even, that's not as impressive. 28 plus goal difference is not more impressive than having 30 extra points. I can't even process that. And it's the big thing of having 24 wins. It's these draws that just kill you. The fact that you either win or you lose, but wins get you somewhere. Draws don't get you anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare and contrast because because you've got the World Cup in one year, you've had a COVID situation. So a lot of these calendar years are like 34 games, 32. The closest direct comparison is probably 2021 where Manchester City, they were top. I mean, Manchester City pretty much top every year, apart from Liverpool in 2020. But it's, it's a completely different level. And, and you have to take Villa seriously at this point as a top four team because they're solidly wedged in there. I mean, in this calendar year of the th- first 38 games, you know, they've got eight points on Manchester United in fifth. So they, they are wedged in in that top four and the top four being as it stands now uh, in the league or has been uh, Manchester City, Villa, Arsenal and Liverpool. Well, over 38 games, it would suggest that Emery's body of work so far isn't just a flash in the pan or a little purple patch, is it? This is a a big sort of statement period. Yeah, if you look at the, like, I I mean, this is transfer mark, so you've got, like, uh, market values of squad, total value. So we're eighth. So in terms of value of squad, and it is considerably more than uh, ninth place, which is West Ham. So you're looking at a figure of total market value, 600 and 30 million euros uh, West Ham at 470 at the top you you've got Manchester City 1.26 billion then it's Arsenal 1.1 billion Chelsea are pretty much a billion rounded up Liverpool are 877 million same as Manchester United Spurs 100,000 million less than that so we're just below Newcastle who uh, have got an extra 20 million in terms of market value. So we're punching way above our weight at the moment, aren't we? And we've got, for that money, we've got, I would say, better squad depth than probably two, three of those teams above us. Well, like when we played Manchester City, they didn't even our fill bench the bench. was way better. They didn't fill mm-hmm. the bench. They were one short, I think. And Man United's bench isn't particularly strong, I wouldn't have said. So this is something that the, the media at large haven't really cottoned on. So in terms of, as a year, 2023 is probably one of the best we've probably seen since uh, we won the league in 81 in terms of league form. Oh, easily, easily. Because that, that Gregory year, when he took over, he took over the end of a season. Mm. So well, that year, that, crazy run that of form, didn't calendar it? year would have been a monster, wouldn't it? Yeah. 98, yeah. Was it sort of February time he took over, I think? Yes. And then he won like 10 of the last 12 or something mental difficult to compare eras isn't it but it does have a 
does have a feeling, Chris's comment about squad, that we've got a far more balanced squad with a bit of depth and, you know, still carrying two big injuries, really. So, in fact, you know, there are other teams around us who've got injury issues, but the points tally speaks for itself. Um, yeah. You know, the table doesn't lie is the old adage and no, cliche, it isn't it? But I would, you know, we've seen plenty of Villa teams who you think, oh, well, you know, we've we've always had two or three good players or players that you could build around them. Um, and the difference this time is that you just look at the, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a ridiculous performance against Man City, but I don't think we've ever, you know, that, that was a game we dominated across all areas of the pitch against a very, yeah. very good team and a very, very good manager. And that's unprecedented and then to go and repeat it in a much you know the victory the manner of it was different against Arsenal but we just I, I can't I can't think of a time where we've looked so comfortable and capable across against different opposition I think you can pretty much swap in swap out most players in this team apart from Martinez who is cut above he's like unique you you can't be missing him and put a decent goalkeeper in and, and have the same effect. He's got another level of, and a lot of it's mental in terms of winning mentality. That's going to be a difference for us having the potential of actually doing something against all odds. He, he will drag us there, I, I feel. Yeah, well, he's just like Schmeigel would have been for Manchester United in those years. I mean, they yeah, couldn't have done 100%, without him. Yeah. That's a really good point. So, I mean, I've said on the show multiple times that if Ferguson was at United, he would have tried to have got Martinez last season, at, you know, the latest. And then there's Watkins at the moment. I don't think Watkins is, he, he's somebody who's integral, but also there's a room above his head, I think, to improve, if you know what I mean, in terms of he can improve himself, but also we can improve on him potentially. I think in the reality of the current market is that I think you're going to be spending mega bucks to do that. Oh yeah, but the players always start off somewhere, though, don't they? So uh, yeah, those are the only two main positions. But then watching uh, McGinn this season, especially, and and I mean, let's identify like Arsenal game, Manchester City game. I think if you didn't have McGinn in those two games, I think he gave us so much extra. And you know, City hated him running at them and you know occupying two or three of their players. So he's somebody who. When you're talking at elite level, if you're playing any of those big teams, you want actually McGinn there. He's no longer the bridesmaid to Glick Grealish now, as I said in a previous show. You wouldn't swap him for Grealish, no way. But is he is he one of those? I mean, you've, we've mentioned three players there, around, and you mentioned around Martinez and his mental. You know, it's not just his mental strength, but his, yeah. it's this winning mentality you, you mentioned. But all three of them are players that have developed not just on the pitch and have adapted Watkins. Both Watkins and McGinn have, have adapted in very different players to the ones that joined us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of the, this mentalness is like, it's no fear. But you listen to them talk, David, and, the, and you know, we, <laughs> I've certainly made light of it over the years. You, you hear them hold an interview or which can be quite, these are in th- those three particularly are very intelligent guys. You know, you can tell well, that. Watkins isn't that intelligent. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I think he speaks well. I think they all speak well. Compared to what we, you know, we're we're a long way from Danny Drinkwater having an interview. (laughs) Martinez and McGinn have got a lot more character about them and there's a bit of a madness to their no fear. Watkins is somebody who doesn't show fear. He's he's not as obviously extrovert as those two, but he's somebody who can actually carry the can and carry our, you know, forward line on his shoulders. And that's the hard bit when I said there's potential to replace him. I'm I'm talking more about finishing and, and, you know, in terms of goal scoring. Yeah, I'm not saying replace him. He's integral. He's one of the three who you'd earmark as integral at the moment. Whenever you said that Martinez was unique, I think McGinn's unique as well. Because I mean, yeah. someone with a, like, so. a playing style of McGinn, he's not going to get bought by a Man City. He's not going to get bought by one of these teams. They're just going to look at him and go, "No, we want our polished passing, running Spanish type footballer." And now this is why it's working at Villa. I mean, these teams, they're not set up to play against. I'm, I'm an informed McGinn playing in the correct yeah. position because we yeah. always said McGinn's passing was awful under Jared. But it has, now that he's passing in the right places, it's improved remarkably. Well, he hurts teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can't hurt a team in playing in the centre circle, taking mm-hmm. the ball off the back four. I mean, in Martinez and McGinn, you've got, when you're looking at ingredients to win a, a, a anything, basically... Never mind the title. These are these are two unique two unique figures in the game, and they've got attributes that aren't uh, translatable into statistics. Really, 
definitely McGinn. I would Martinez probably in terms of like you know save percentages and all that sort of stuff. McGinn stuff. It's such indefinable. He's also the man of the moment. It's and that you mm-hmm. can't statistics. You know go out the window in like the extra time in a World Cup final when you need yeah. somebody to step up. So if we go deep into competitions, we've got characters to get us over the line. That's the interesting thing. We're going to be going to the luxury of going into a January transfer window of, of, of scratching our heads a little bit for, you know, what do you introduce to this team and, and anything yeah. that might, we actually maybe have the risk of being touted players that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think they'll have a, a clear mind's eye of what they need. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that uh, later. First of all, what was the most costly injury of 2023? Now, there's there's really four runners and riders here, isn't there? There's Moreno, yeah. Ramsey, Mings and Buendia. Like Moreno was like, he was somebody who I think he transformed us in terms of turning us from a mid-table potential finishing team to some team that gets in, got into Europe. He transformed that left-hand side. Transformed the way we attack. Brought a good kind of energy and sense of fun to the squad as well. But They had a partnership with Ramsey, of course. But yeah, more importantly, transformed that left-hand side. But then Ramsey, I mean, he walked away with last year's Christmas, uh, end-of-year Christmas special player of the year. So that's how far up the pecking order he'd climbed. He was brilliant during the running, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he won points off his own back, didn't he? Some of his yeah. contributions. Yeah, and he was player of the year last in the last show before even the run-in. So he hadn't even had his peak last season, started probably from the Newcastle game on. He was almost unplayable. Yeah, and then you've got Mings, who was probably in the form of his life. So these, these are back, players back missed. Back that tightened up was just crazy, wasn't it? Him and Conjure yeah. as a partnership. Because after that February, game. where under Emery we had our first blip, where Leicester beat us at home, Arsenal beat us, both scored four, then we got beat by Manchester City, they scored three. So we conceded 11 goals in three games. And then after that, 10 games, seven clean sheets, complete transformation, whatever tweaks that Emery yeah, that did. that was measly, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> was incredible, the transformation. So Ming's in the form of his life. We lose him. So there's three players at the top of their games. And then Buendia. And you're thinking, there's plenty of upside in Buendia. When's he, you know, when's, when are we going to see the real Buendia? He was showing flashes, certainly at the end of last year. Yeah. It, it was looking good between him and Moreno. And, you know, he's linking up well and, you know, with Watkins as well. And then you saw him in that game against Newcastle in America. And he absolutely destroyed them. Early he was doors. Yeah, and he thought, "Here we go. This is the man that we was hoping he would be." And then he, there he goes, disappears for the season. And uh, so, four players at the top of their games. Four players. Once we knew we weren't starting the season with, I was downgrading expectations straight away. <laughs> From looking at Europe, you're thinking, huh, "You're thinking we could have challenged top four here." And now it looks like, you know, we'll be fighting for to basically crawl over the line to get into Europe again, lower tier. But which is the most costly, would you say? I don't think we've missed Buendia massively in the middle of the park. And if anything, you'd look at it now and go, well, would he get back in the side as a starter? Probably not right now. No, he's somebody who just improves the matchday squad, isn't he? And it gives you yep. a bit of a, an option. I thought we'd miss Moreno more than we did. But then, of course, Dina's form this season has been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think it has to be Mings because, like what yeah. we're talking about, Martinez and McGinn. Ramsey, we haven't missed him either. Zaniola's mm. yeah. been filling in. He's been scoring <laughs> loads of goals and uh, loads of assists. And we, you know, it's, it's like Jacob who? Oh no, sorry, that was what he was meant to do. <laughs> yeah, it has to be Mings because when you're talking about unique players, Mings is another one to have his height and pace and sort of like desire to attack the ball are three things that you don't get in centre-backs anymore. You only have to look at the centre-backs that we have left. I mean, you have Torres, who's the ball player, but he isn't the one that attacks the ball. You have Carlos, who maybe attack the ball, but none of them give you the, the three things that Mings gave you. So he has been and the his leadership. Entry. Yep. Yeah, and I think his role is more away from home, isn't it? I mean, like the game, for example, against Forrest, against Bournemouth, uh, even Spurs, where we struggle. I think that's why you just knew you were missing Mings there. Yeah, Mings is great when the chips are down. Yeah, but at the same time, it's only recently that we saw a clean sheet again. We, we only had two clean sheets through the whole season before we got it against, what, two in a week against Manchester City and Arsenal. And considering we got them against those two teams is a good sign that actually with that twist of putting uh, Carlos alongside Torres after a few shaky moments, it bore some fruit. But, you know, long term, we'll see how that plays out. Dan, would you say Mings is the, the most costly injury? I think so, only, only because he, he was peaking wasn't he? he was becoming 
the fine wine of his career at Villa, I guess, and back you know, in the England squad. Yeah, and and you know pushed his way back in there. I, I I would also venture towards Ramsey as well, only from his he was he was playing so well on the cusp of England. I think you know with with good reason, and I just hope that that doesn't damage his you know call it what you will his development curve or whatever. But we'll we'll see on that. Buendia, I yeah I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Um, Marino was a big loss, though. Having having seen Marino come back into the fold, you 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 recall and can see immediately the qualities he brings. But it's, it's yeah. good to have to roll on and roll off across a long season. Right. Let's start with the uh, players of the year. The fifth top player of the year, as voted for by the Mailman said, match club members and us. Although I haven't even put my uh, my picks in actually, <laughs> but I'll go along with this one. Emmy Martinez, world number one, is only fifth. fifth. What's going Shows on? Shows how good we are. <laughs> Where does Olsen come? Well, this is why he's only fifth, because <laughs> I still still have a grudge against him taking that game off uh, against Burnley earlier in the season. <laughs> he always goes missing for one or two games a season, Martinez. You've got to keep your eye on him. He says hangovers from those Argentinian barbecue steaks. Well, like an asada. Yeah. Right, uh, most improved player under Emery of 2023. Now, this is probably the hardest this could, thing. This to could quantify. be any number of people, couldn't it, really? Because you're looking at everybody, really. Everybody's a contender. Dan, what? who would you... Uh... Has to be Leon Bailey for me. He's somebody who hasn't made many starts. All right, then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a product. Do, do you know who I, I, I... Leon Bailey's the obvious one, I think. And Luca Dino, I think, yeah. has, you know, with, with Moreno returning, I think, given... Possibly a welcome headache. His, his crossing is is fantastic. Um, you know, we I think we knew when he joined that some of his defensive stuff might leave a little bit to be desired, but I think he's really, really improved. And that would be my pick. Chris Bird. I'm going to go McGinn, but I'm, I'm, I do agree with Dan about Bailey. He was very, very close. I think McGinn, in terms of you look at where he was when Emery first arrived, and we we'd all ask questions in terms of would he survive? Is he going to have a long is he going to have a long-term future? And now he's one of the first names on the team sheet and he's the main man again. Yeah. And he's, he's the player we all hoped he was going to be. You know, the, everything we spoke about earlier, you know, the way he drives the team forwards, it gives you momentum. I think he's in a similar way to maybe when Grealish was at Villa, he is the, the talisman. Well, he's learned how to be a captain. And yeah. that, that wasn't apparent when Gerard took it off Mings and gave it to uh, McGinn. You just thought, well, he's not actually, he hasn't really shown it led by example. He's not been that consistent. He hasn't really got a defined role. If I remember the question we put, it was if he wasn't captain, would he be in the team on merit? And we were all yeah. a bit sort of like, mm. not sure. Whereas now you just think, well, he knows his game. He's got a role that he clearly loves, much more similar to the way he plays for Scotland. And he's so effective. Yeah, feel sure. I'm going to agree with Dan. I'm going to go with Lugadine because I think he has qualities that you don't see often. I mean, I'll be honest, he could play for Arsenal because he, he comes across sometimes as a bit of a prick on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and every hey, team, need, every team well, needs... the January wind to sort it yeah. out for him then. Yeah, every team needs back. Yeah, every team needs a couple of them to sort of sort of put the point. I mean, you could have said Ashley Young was the same on the right-hand side. Lugadine is difficult, I would say, to play against. He's a bit of a moan... That happens, but his qualities. I think he's actually got a bit of a, a, a nasty streak on him. He would put a tackle in. He knows when to do uh, the tactical foul to pull the shirt before the player gets into the box. Things like that. They're, they're all things. He's very different from Moreno, and it's, it's a great to have the two of them as an option. It's like a one-two. I mean, if if the Dean approach isn't working, try the Moreno approach and vice versa. Yeah, well, I I, I think both you guys are, uh, are kind of shooting a bit low. And and in the context of what an un, uh, a most improved player would normally be, but I think you've got to look at for my money as well. And I'm agreeing with Chris in this one, and there's a, there's a couple of other examples. Really, is there's players that have improved so much that they've actually taken Villa onto a, a different plateau. And one would be John McGinn because he is night and day different from uh, what he was before. Maybe Louise. He's had good moments before, but this is like, this is another level. He's a leader now. And then you've got Louise, who's transformed from somebody that I'd have taken 25 million at the point where his head was turned. And if Arsenal hadn't been so tight, because Villa were really asking for a couple more extra million just to cover the uh, sell-on fee they had to give Manchester City. And at the time, he was an expendable, really. I mean, it wasn't above and beyond what he was doing. As soon as he signed that contract, he turned into a new player. But he was fundamental. But I think McGinn 
is it just another level because he has other qualities uh, that ultimately that we saw against Manchester City and Arsenal in the you know those face-offs where he he was a big part of us getting over the line there. I mean, and yeah. I'm not just talking. And he's, the, he's the player that lifts the fans, I think, as well. He yeah. gives your team and your club so much personality. And he's and he's been for the long haul as well. He's one of our longest. Uh, yeah, he's one of the few players. who were there in the championship. Is he is he the only one who was there in the championship now? Obviously, him and Mings. Or yeah, Mings him and Mings. Playing. Yeah, Ramsey was. Uh, floating around occasionally so yeah so there's there's like most there's like a most improved player as in the booby prize thing where you pick somebody oh yeah he's done well he's improved i don't think leon bailey has played enough games it's not as if he's improved to be a regular starter and he's been consistent he's only been consistent more in recent you know the last month as opposed to uh but we are getting in product from him but if you benchmarked it against crying in front of the whole end after missing open goals yeah, I mean that's improvement, isn't it, David? That's <laughs> so. improvement, definitely. <laughs> he's almost came back from the dead a few times because there's a few games where he's played, and I thought that's the end of Bailey. He's not <laughs> come back from the shed. Yeah, come back from the shed. <laughs> yeah, and he's had some great individual moments as well, hasn't he? You know, he brings a lot of joy to people. You know, he always has I mean, a goal we, or we, assist. We him. could do this on uh, actual votes, but it it's, looks like it's really split between McGinn and Bailey. Watkins has got a shout, but I think maybe slightly more McGinn's. But I think McGinn's like another level of improvement as opposed to uh, like somebody who wasn't pulling their weight and was on okay. his way out. I mean, that's more Big Bailey, isn't it? Bailey was like, we could yeah. sell him tomorrow. Nobody would give a shit. But now he's like, oh, you wouldn't sell him. McGinn's now yeah. like, oh, actually, you had the dream of what McGinn could be. And then it miraculously happened. Mm. Anyway, moving on. So we'll, we'll give it a tie. Oh, they really make it one. But honourable mention for Luca Dean, who got two of the Very uh, good. the four Very votes good. here. But yeah, he has uh, he's done well actually. Although he, you know, he, he wasn't cheap, was he? He was how many? No. He was like three times the amount of uh, Moreno, wasn't he? Well, he was a you know, he was a Premier was, League captain and a French international. Yeah, you know, he double, buying, double Moreno. Uh, yeah, you certainly weren't buying a kind of a, a potential. You were, but he was okay last season though because he was sharing that role with Moreno. It's not so. I, I, that's why I'm saying the improvement isn't that drastic as a Bailey or a. Uh, a he's he's well, got a lovely stone fit. Yeah, I, I think Dean Dino will always have a have a place in my heart because he just shit housed Everton and Benitez. I just <laughs> yeah, fuck true. off. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> just basically turned up at Villa Park. Yeah. Worked out well for him. He, he, did, he didn't have to make the right decision. Yeah, it was rocky start being painted as Gerard's boy, and that that held him back. I think with a lot yeah. of people and injuries. Well, poor old Gerard. All his three main signings were injured for most of the time uh, he was there. Yeah, I don't think he hardly saw any of them, did he? Really, they all did God's work, though, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. Best limbs moment of 2023. It's been a this few. is like the thing that got you most emotionally pumped, the moment. Phil Shaw, what say you? I have to say it was John Durant's Thunder Bastard against Crystal Palace. Just right, purely because that. that was a match of just frustration. That game was Palace were in the lead, Villa were awful. Oh, don't don't remind me of this game. Nothing was happening, and all of a sudden, just <laughs> just out of left, that's I know, why I left. Yeah, <laughs> just just like out of nowhere, like a reincarnated 
bent hecky. He, he just chested it down and absolutely smashed it. It went so quickly into the net that I thought there was a problem with the stream. <laughs> 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 Mr. Rogers? Newcastle was giving me good energy. The Brentford massacre in the first 10 minutes was was fun. Was that last that season? That was quite fun. <laughs> was that last year? He said that was last year. So. Yeah. yeah. But Manchester City... Yeah, the ba- I, I've, I I would go for the Bailey one against City or Louise against Brighton for different reasons. You know, the, ba- the Bailey one was just a we'd been knocking on the door and you thought right, a goal's coming and then the, the roof came in. Because the, the beginning Louise against Arsenal, obviously goal. that's a big dust up, but it, it it comes early in the game, so it, it hasn't tension hasn't built up and it's what a goal though. <laughs> It doesn't uh, kind of create a relief of, uh, you know, relief of frustration, attention. It's, it's, it happens really early and it's a good one. I mean, it's a good moment for sure. Yeah, the Brighton one, obviously there's something at stake there. And actually, of course, a lot, a lot of the members said this, the, the McGinn last minute header against Mostar. Well, that was pivotal, actually. Because if that, that doesn't that go in, that's... started uh, the campaign. Yeah. And in many ways, started the season, really. Mm. Let's have a look through the My Old Man Said members choices best limbs moment Bertie T last minute against uh, Leicester says Tom Linton that was a good one actually Bailey's goal against City this is Mark Hazard such a lovely move haven't jumped that high since the Scottish Cafu against the Blues Rich AVFC says McGinn's last minute winner against Rinsky Joe Chappie Bailey's goal against Manchester City Jim Trore's last minute worldie against Leicester Louise scoring from corners Matt D Bailey goal against was, City. The opener. He hasn't scored this year, has he? From a corner. Nope. Bailey goal against City. Opener against Newcastle. Louise against Brighton in May. Armand. Derek Brown. Either McGinn versus Rinsky. Duran versus Palace. There you go. You got a friend there, Phil. <laughs> Such a great strike and really brought the, the crowd to life. I was on the train by then. <laughs> <laughs> I was dead. <laughs> Life drained from me. I would have liked to have been there for that resurrection, actually. Columns says, goals against City, Arsenal will take some beating. Before that, goals against Newcastle last April. Ben Redding, Bailey versus Manchester City was great, but Watkins' winner versus Spurs was pretty sweet. Yeah, I suppose away limbs against Spurs, that would have been a classic, considering that was uh, coming back from behind as well. To be fair, it was carnage when Duran scored in Warsaw, but we lost the game. Yeah. And as John Duran's whopper against Palace, there's a few, uh, a few on the uh, Phil Shaw Duran train. Bertie T's winner versus Leicester. You got Duran's got that injury time magic to it as well, hasn't he? Or dying minutes of the game magic yeah. rescuing a game. There's something at stake there. Bertie T, no, don't shoot goal versus Leicester. Yeah, <laughs> actually, there's a lot, a lot for him. So he's definitely up there, and that was pivotal, I think, because I don't. Th- if that doesn't go in, I don't think we're in Europe. That really kick-started the season, didn't it, that week? momentum, didn't it? Was that the week? It was Chelsea we won at the weekend, and then we went to Leicester on the Wednesday, didn't we? Won mm-hmm. both of them. We rocketed up the league And then week. he scored the winner in the next game as well, at home. He did against Forest. Charles P says, Conza's goal in the friendly versus Brentford. I know it was just a friendly, but it was the first Villa goal I've seen with my own eyes. Unforgettable. Incredible goal. Yeah. Ran from his own half, didn't he? Oh, yeah, that was that slinky. Uh, yeah, it was mental. When he announced himself as a baller. So, uh, Dan, what are you going for? One that hasn't been mentioned, I don't think. Ooh. Beginning of December, away from home, losing, 90th minute, something that Villa never do. Ollie Watkins, Watkins header oh, to yeah. snatch a unfathomable draw at Bournemouth. I think that's a good limbs moment because mm. that's just, that's in that category of things we've talked about that just never happened before. Great goal as well. Great header, like as good as a header you can get, I think. I think at that time I was in my head. I had a narrative for Villa's season forming quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that, cha- that goal pretty much changed it. Damn put it, it on its head. <laughs> <laughs> I'd written up the autopsy and the uh, obituary, <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I screw it up now." Copy paste something from 2019. <laughs> Are we going to give it with the masses, the Bertie T? I, I don't mind that one. As Don says, has to be Bertrand's Bender versus Leicester. <laughs> oh, he sold it, and he? <laughs> he sold it. Yeah. We'll go for Bertrand's Bender then. The story behind that, he's pulled out of some Turkish hair transplant salon, <laughs> put back on the plane to Birmingham. Yeah, he came back with no hair. They were farming him for his hair. <laughs> some sort of, what was that Wallace and Gromit where they shaved all the... <laughs> Close shave. <laughs> I 
nobody recognised him. I was like, who is this yeah, nobody recognised him. He runs on the pitch. Wearing number nine. You know, he does practice the alchemy of football, the books that nobody else has ever read. He does things you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, sure he knows. Part in that Zerinsky goal as well. He, he yeah. said cash free when nobody else would have thought about it. Yeah. Individual highlights of 2023. Who wants to start? I'll start. We're kind of spoiled this year as the calendar yeah. year. We're normally scraping around. <laughs> oh, sorry. Scraping behind the back Oof, of the sofa. That was a good wing against well, Wigan. Walk to the ground was nice in the sunshine. <laughs> walk sunny. away from the ground was better. <laughs> but I think that Manchester City thing is, it hasn't quite sunk in yet. No. So no. many uh, weeks We followed later. it up with a, an even bigger win the day after. You know, a couple that of days performance after. was on another level. Just the fact that Haaland had that double chance, Martinez, the both of them happened within 30 seconds, proved what he is to the team. That was like, you know, if you needed a uh, audition, that was it. But the fact that that was the 11th minute and they never even troubled us from then, never had another shot. Well, their XG was zero, wasn't it? And just some of the, just the way Villa approached that in, the, in terms of their passing passing tightly you know against the press you know just laughing at city's press and the, the comparison the direct comparison we had sitting in the halt like a season before was it a season a little bit longer was it two seasons the second time before we played them where we were trying to play out the back it was in the infancy of trying to do that and it turned into a farce mm. they we were pressing us Pressing us on our goal line, Martinez was having to pass it out for a corner or throw in, and they just had us by the throat, and we couldn't. We were suffocating under their press, and and it was farcical. Compare that day, and this is, I think, they're two great points to see the progress in the full spectrum. And against a similar press, we just took the piss out of it, mm-hmm. and one nil flattered them. Frankly, and one nil. That's almost like uh, we kept the score down to keep under the radar territory. That is, because <laughs> that could have been nasty. People that you kind of respect who have seen the game, they're like, "Whoa, that was something else." And you know, Martinez said he said, "You don't see people totally controlling Manchester City. Nobody." I mean, it reminded me the only way I would see a performance like that against City is if prime time Barcelona going back a few years at the Nor Camp where a Premier League team mm. goes there and gets schooled. Yeah. You know, the best Premier League team, you know, they've won the league, but they go there and they get schooled. And Villa were at that level. It was like City were away in the Champions League against one of the best teams in Europe and n- never laid a glove on them. So I'm going to go for that as the highlight. More of the promise that it could bring because with that performance, you know what we are now capable of. And you know that if you're in a final against any team, all you've got to do is pull out that performance and you've won. And that's what I will say. Dan, do you concur? <laughs> yeah, I don't really need to add much to that. I think that the measure of it was you watch a game and you think you try to benchmark it against others that you've seen. And even even in the in the time we've been talking in this podcast, you, we sort of reminisce about certain moments here and there. But it was the most complete game of football and with the benefit of some reflection and some hindsight when you hear other people and as David said other people you maybe respect or other seasoned fans who are <laughs> of other clubs as well uh, yeah mm. yeah across you know that the, their balanced views there's no sensationalism it's people actually recognizing what a performance oh, that was clubs fans going you, you're going to win the league i'm putting money on it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. these are spurs fans <laughs> yeah um and so that that would make it a not just a highlight of 2023 it's got people ferreting through their memory banks for for you know we're going back to serious times really because it it's beating yeah. a top top man city it's not a fantastic performance against a side in the premier league it's against one you, of you the put it, i mean you you only have to go yeah. back a few months we beat brighton brighton darlings of the media at the time very good team on their day we, we hammered them 6-1 but i'm not even thinking about that compared to this performance and, and other fans aren't sure. as well yeah for sure but this is a Manchester City team that are treble winners these are the European champions this this is as good as it gets Phil well I mean I think it would have been that but it, you're right it hasn't sunk in yet so I'm going to stick with the theme of beating media darlings because the win against Newcastle back in the spring nobody thought that was going to happen everybody was Newcastle 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 you heard similar to the the Spurs win when Angeball didn't work I mean this is just there's nothing I like better than knocking people off the pedestal that they haven't earned yet they've just been set on because it's like so spiteful aren't you and Newcastle were absolutely battered weren't they it was 3-0 and it should have been Mm -hmm. about 5 or 6 
this is the thing. The Manchester City thing was like uh, slowly strangling somebody. <laughs> Newcastle was <laughs> just on. Beating, beating, beating the fuck out of somebody <laughs> and not giving up. It's like when bystanders are saying, he's dead already. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> beating, up, beating up a whole nation. <laughs> that was brutal, but I, I like it when it's brutal. <laughs> on the football pitch, but uh, I have to add bit like brentford when we just annihilated them but brentford's kind of that's just like teaching them for being petulant for always beating us at their ground but newcastle was (laughs) on another level there was a bit of let's say recent history there it was when callum callum wilson yeah he did his firefighter thing firefighter thing because we were we had good form and they said oh we'll we'll be the firefighters we'll you're on fire we'll put you out mcginn's response to that was superb though wasn't it what was it and they say the fire fire service were on strike that day yeah, that was. Yeah. But we Good just, lad. yeah, that was that was brutal. Eddie Howe, the myth, <laughs> soon to be England manager. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Chris, is that you wrapping it up? Yeah, I mean, mine. Obviously, obviously the City one was crazy. I'm actually just going to, I'm going to bolt Arsenal on and say that that period of, you know, whatever it was, 72 hours beating City, beating Arsenal, what a huge statement. And I suppose I'd add as well, you know, the full time whistle at the end of the Brighton game where you're back in Europe after however long it is, ten years or more. That was a big moment. And it was so, I remember we did a show just before and we sort of said, you know, none of us could remember at the time a Villa team going into the last day of the season, especially at Villa Park, with something to play for. Yeah, unfortunately, old Deserby. Yeah. He, he took the shine off us getting in the Conference League when he grabbed the mic at their last game at the Amex of the season when he said, We need a, another point to play Europa League because we want to play in Europa League, not in Conference. Yeah, and then we've played them in the last game, and you're thinking, well, he doesn't even—they don't want Conference League, so we're kind of picking up somebody's sloppy seconds here. <laughs> but it was—it was just a really good day in general. That one, I think, you know, the, the week of City and Arsenal was just brilliant. It was like a big step forward. Like uh, it was, we're back now. And as well, I think you know we've seen it so many times as Villa fans that we've seen sort of false dawns or we've seen like purple patches but it's never really equated to anything you know, like winning a trophy or achieving something this was like wow we've had this amazing run when were these false dawns <laughs> and um <laughs> and then it actually meant something at the end of it you know it actually it was it was defined by achieving something rather than if you are a younger listener i feel sorry for you because the last you're trading off the, the playoff win aren't you really the last 10 years what have you had like the playoff win but before that there, there was kind of two levels of villa in terms of uh let's say on the upper end of the spectrum of success you'd have the level where you're finishing sixth all the time there's a few false dawns here and there and that was the kind of par, wasn't it? Qualify for you. Cup runs every now and Qualify then. Qualify for the UEFA Cup, get knocked out in the second round after a decent result against some crappy team on the way. Goals rule. And you'd, you'd have your moments, but you'd never beat Manchester United. Uh, you'd struggle to beat Liverpool, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But then the other, other level that you would go up to would be where you were actually knocking on the door. Perhaps you win something. It, we never, we don't have reigns of like a few seasons. It's always like one, two season blips and then we disappear again for another five, six, ten years. And it's rare to get into, I mean, the last time we won a trophy is obviously one of those years. Martin O'Neill threatened it early part of should season. have really won a trophy early part of the season and then we kind of dropped back to that finishing sixth you know knocking on the door but uh, but now we've last season was we were celebrating getting back to where we where we used to be you know being miserable finishing sixth so we got back to that level but very quickly we are now knocking on the door again and that's when it gets really exciting to support any football club that isn't used to being serial winners and especially in today's day and age. Right, let's move on. Uh, we've had highlights. What's the low lights, by the way? We won't dwell on these, but... I've got five or something. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'd, I'd say the, you know, the, the Cups, really. You know, Everton was a shambles and the mm-hmm. ticketing situation. And then the Stevenage FA Cup one. But there's a, there's an answer to that. You don't buy it. That's That was my... You know, the deal was done. It was like, yep, yeah, not, not buying a ticket for that. See you later. I had a feeling they'd get knocked out because he wasn't going to go for it. That, I mean, it's interesting that would be a low light. I mean, I would say Stevenage, if we're talking about Cubs, mm. that was even that was more so. That's you, embarrassing. 
it leads down a path where you can get wound up. As a, as a supporter, you can't bump into a Stevenage fan, can you, if you're on holiday or something? <laughs> that's, Fortunately not. That's what these players don't realise when they fuck up. Because in their lifestyle, and where they go mooching around, they're, no, they're never going to bump into a Stevenage fan, are they? But anyway, uh, sorry, is, is, that, is that it? I think so for me, yeah. I think it's largely been a really positive year. Phil? I'm going to go for the the one nil defeat at Old Trafford because I was greedy. I wanted blood. And at the time, you know, you were daring to dream that you could have caught United because they were awful. I mean, that was that was the time when the, the early days of the high line, Rashford just ran in behind it and exposed it badly the whole game. It just felt like Villa didn't turn up that day. And that was, it was a small blip in the way to finish in seventh last season. So missing out on the chance of doing a double over United. Yeah. Dan Rogers. It's easy for me. The opening day defeat to mythical Newcastle United. We should have been down the pub. Reinforced. Free bar, Malt House. I should have done. I should have thrown myself into the canal. My old old man said members, free bar for them. Thank you very much, Green King, by the way. (laughs) One of our podcast sponsors. You live and learn. Providing that. But, you know, this is the thing about my old man said. It looks into the future and you go, oh, that's a rough one coming up. 5-1 against Newcastle. Going to have to help my uh, brothers and sisters out and uh, get them absolutely hammered so they don't remember it. So, yeah, I, in, in, with the benefit of hindsight, I should have consumed lots of Green King ale. Plug. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at this. <laughs> It was made worse, wasn't it? Obviously, because we'd already lost Buendia in the midweek. Then we lost Mings, both to pretty much season-ended injury. It was just All about yeah, that. Mings, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll go with. I'm, I'm. I'll times two whatever you're going to say on this. I mean, and of course, it was the media, darling. They were wanking off Newcastle like sea cucumbers. It was just <laughs> unbearable. I had to just disconnect myself from the matrix for <laughs> for a week. Yeah. But everything, everything's okay with the world now. It's fine. We we did mention in in a, in a previous podcast after Arsenal and City that you know Ferguson after that game had said well the team that impressed me the most was That's Aston Villa even though they lost five one and very true he was the only one mm. who kept a clean head while we profit. were while we were getting drunk or uh, burying our heads and it wasn't that bothered about the result at the end of the day because if you got beat by Newcastle you got beat so one nil ten nil same fucking situation but there's always you always see it that a team can get hammered and it's actually a good learning curve it refocuses players because they don't mm. want to do that again they don't want to be humiliated the reaction again. was good to it to be fair and that's it, it's an instant wake up call bit of a defib yeah it was kind of that because there's maybe a bit of complacency. We wiped the floor with Newcastle in uh, both the league at Villa Park and uh, pre-season in, well, we should have. We blew them away in America, but then we let them back in. Yeah, it was thrill, that one. Yeah. So probably expecting something. Well, Alex Ferguson knew what he was talking about. That's all we can say. Right, just before the top player of the year, number four, a couple of more categories quickly. Outstanding contribution of the year. Now, this could be anything, really. could be a player, could be anything. But we're, we're going to go quick one here. We don't need much discussion on this, but we're going for the, the high-line cheese wire offside trap, which has transformed Villa completely. And as we said, the table doesn't lie, and we have got the market share. Yes, we are. Mop- Monopoly's commission is coming after us for offside, especially offside goals. They're the funniest ones. <laughs> I mean, just our son. Hat-trick, man. Ooh. Arsenal even scored a couple that got disallowed, although I think just one for offside. But yeah, it's, it's weird because we expect them now as fans, don't we? We laugh them off. Barely team, an teams inconven- know what's coming and they can't do anything about it. When a team scores, it's barely an inconvenience because we know it's going to be wiped <laughs> out. Ah, <laughs> oh, beautiful. Right, before we get to talk about the fourth top player of the year, calendar year, Phoenix from the Flame player. Now, this isn't most improved player this is somebody who was burnt out dog shit done for on his way out (laughs) (laughs) non-entity harsh you know fans scapegoats they've already been scapegoats now what's what comes after a scapegoat it was over for them in short glue factory isn't it it's glue factory that's the one yeah the the mom's glue factory was very busy over the years (laughs) yeah (laughs) actually we've had to make a few people redundant recently (laughs) 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 but to cut down the staff the the mom's glue factory actually the share price went up after we uh we made cuts because i think the shareholders were impressed that we were looking ahead huge layoffs yeah, huge layoffs, actually. 80% of staff had to go from the it's glue factory. It's not really factory. a factory anymore. It's more just like a cottage. <laughs> yeah. 
They had a big contract coming with Dan Dunker, and then he he turned up again. So <laughs> let's not talk too soon. <laughs> There's always a vacancy at the glue factory. There's <laughs> always that's why you got to keep it running. The shareholders know that. That's why the price went up. <laughs> so, I mean, we had to find our niche. I mean, you know, Villa podcasts, websites, whatever. Where we make our real money is the Aston Villa Glee Factory. <laughs> <laughs> In the last ten years, I mean, I mean, we, it couldn't. It was unsustainable how successful we've been. That's why Glee's so cheap. To be honest, we probably could have bought the club. Yeah, it's like the Wolf of Wall Street. I've been there when old Dr. Tony, where we we actually wanted Dr. Tony in the glue factory. That was. Uh, well, he hasn't been seen for quite a while. <laughs> Which I shouldn't have said that because maybe that will lead a line of inquiry our way. But anyway, uh, all's well at the glue factory mm. for uh, anybody who's asking. I think somebody's a few people have sent Christmas cards uh, to the address. A lot of a lot of glue off Keith Wines as well. <laughs> to be honest, lads. Anyway, back to the uh, Phoenix of the Flame Player of the Year. Now, last year's winner apparently was Bailey. <laughs> so, well, he was always he, injured, wasn't he? Can he really improve? Can he win it again? Can you be a Phoenix from the Flames player after wh- be, wh- being a Phoenix from the player? Yeah, once you've come from the Flames, you can't go back in. Yeah. Or better Flames. It's So that's him out of the running. So what else have we got? We've got... Luca Dean, but he he was he was in the team though. He, he was like rotating in and out. So he just couldn't stay fit. But when he stayed fit and got the run of games, he was great. Yeah, he was fine. So what, we're running down the list here. Should have put this one to uh, the My Old Man Said members. Uh, we're we're at Carlos now. We've got Carlos. Uh, I, th- I think that's warranted because it looked like we've He's had a pants, we've had our pants pulled down. Thirty million. Unfortunately, he got injured. Obviously, massive uh, injury. But then you're thinking, have we had a pants pulled down here? Because a he might not be as good after his injury, because it's you know obviously a serious injury. And then initially it was like, how's he getting in the team? He's like fourth choice. He's behind Mings. He's behind uh, Torres, and he's behind Konza. Obviously, Mings's injury increases his chances, and he starts to play with Longley in the uh, Europa League games. But actually, he was he was slow back because he was potentially fit at the end of last season, but he didn't really see much game time, did he? He was really drip-fed really slowly back into the picture. And then the glue factory phone started to buzz when we saw him against like Spurs and uh, Bournemouth when Emery had an idea of a, a new defensive system and he started off there. And you were thinking, mm, this is... And, and we'd already picked up the fact that... He was suddenly wearing gloves as soon as the temperature dropped below 10 degrees. And you're thinking, I thought he was like the the hard man who would have been Villa's captain if he spoke English properly. But then we saw how he dealt with Haaland. Yeah, and his you know his passing range is great, and he, he's he somebody you'll need he'll need games to fully nestle in. But I mean, at the start when we bought him, and then Emery came in, and then we bought Torres. I thought surely Carlos and Torres is Emery's in his head. That's how he wants it to be. But Mings is a bit of a spanner in the works because. He's kind of a bit of a spiritual leader of this team. It was going to be a very interesting season this season because I wanted to see how the Torres, Carlos, Mings, Conza fights, you know, shaped up. The fact that we lost Mings took a lot of intrigue out of that because obviously you're forced into who's playing where. But then you realise, well, okay, Mings is gone, but you've got a thirty million pound Carlos coming back. So uh, is he going to step up, or you know, what's the situation there? Is he going and to? He be- has recovering and it looks like he's good so I think I think he's the phoenix from the Flames player the fact that he can come in and play centre-back Konza has kind of slowly grown into his role at right back you, you you get a little bit more trust in terms of if we are to go far in something like the conference league you know having to go away from home in difficult games the fact that we've held Arsenal and Man City at arm's length yeah it's a big green flag for me right congratulations Carlos before we close off uh, the first uh, part top five player position number four now, have you done the maths on this, Phil Shaw? I have done the maths. And who is it? It's Ollie Watkins. Ooh. Dan Rogers, what's your views on Ollie Watkins? Terrible beard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> firstly, um, <laughs> I think he's deserving of his England call-up. I think he's a very, very hard-working player. Um, yeah, I've got similar feelings to how I feel about McGinn, really. I was not sure how things were going to pan out for him at Villa and I, if, if Watkins isn't in the team I don't know who the natural replacement is so it's sort of a, you know that's a good sign in the sense of, of recognising and knowing how valuable he is it's just Villa's recruitment's been a bit lazy on that front mm. 
Um, and I was worried when Duran obviously got put on the naughty step for a few weeks. So yeah, I, I think I think he's got some. As you said earlier, as you said earlier in the pod, I think he's got. There's some headroom for him to grow and develop. Obviously, I haven't been on the show a bulk of this year, and what the the main thing that we say to the point of cliche is uh, when he hasn't got time to think about something, i.e., it's on instinct, deadly takes shoots. Oh, Chelsea early. goal earlier in this season. Can you know you can have three players around him and and he'll get to things that you know don't expect him to win like fifty fifties even sixty forties against him. But if he's clean through on goal or he's got time to take a touch or two, next to useless. <laughs> yes, see. yeah, he's, yeah. He's the only striker I know that's deadly outside the six yard box. <laughs> like. <laughs> Give him a penalty. Oops, 50-50. Yeah, there is that nagging thing, isn't there? And this is the the true value of a of of genuine. You know, like Martinez is a genuinely world class player. I think he's our world class yeah. player. Have we got a world class world class striker? The, the comparison, it, maybe it's a lazy comparison on my my part. Um, around the finishing is Tammy Abraham. Now, Abraham was we were playing. It was a very different Villa team, but I always thought Abraham needed more than one chance to score. He was like a one in four chap, wasn't he? Quite possibly, yeah. Um, and and I, you know, though I do one think Watkins is an all round better player. Yeah, the thing about mm. Watkins, I mean, I, you know, I'm being uh, quite uh, harsh there, but in terms of his all round game, there's, there's another, there's a level that not many strikers can match. What he brings to the whole whole team and no. the way he brings those three players behind him in. Especially now he knows his role and he's not drifting out to the wing as much. Yeah, and he can. He's you know he still does that casually, and uh, he can do that. You know he's got we've got pace alongside him, and his his pace supplements Diaby or Bailey very well as well. So he gives us that counter punch if we need to go a bit more direct. And I like the fact this year um, he did it a little bit last season. Certainly this season he's added important goals and in a similar way that Martinez wins you games, Watkins has won us games or saved us games like Bournemouth or. You know, I think it of wins like the, the one at Chelsea where we flattered to deceive and he scored a, a cracking goal. You know, there's the, the remember the West Ham home game where it was a great finish and he's had little moments like big that. Goals. That's important. Yeah, it's, Watkins, I think a lot of it's mental because the chief example is penalties because if, if he could score a penalty, he would be Villa's penalty taker and by default would get two, three extra goals a season. Then you're looking at that 20 mark and there's a, just a little bit more motivation for you, which you know would would help him. I think he was deserving of his new contract as well. Well, he's the only option we've got, so it was. I like, think well, he's before. You know, he's obviously the, the goal scoring run at the end of last season, etc., mm. and big goals in big games this season. He's you know, and it's interesting that the it feels like the the external press probably hold him in slightly higher regard than. You know the the Villa fan base. I think. Yeah, well, it's it's the easy narrative, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. You had a good run, and they were they were seeing the highlights of him scoring. They weren't seeing uh, the other moments. But the thing, I think, if we are going to challenge for the title, for example, or uh, really get in the Champions League, a lot will be on him. Yeah, really stepping up. You'd think, especially in games against teams sort of around us. You know, obviously, we're going to have, you know, United, Liverpool coming to Villa Park second half of the season and we'll have some tricky away trips to City, Arsenal, etc. Yeah. Just a slight connection, Ollie Watkins, to uh, what Phil Shaw has deemed media muppet of the year, which we'll hear before we close off part one of the Christmas special. Who is the media muppet of the year, Phil Shaw, and why? Well, it was a close run thing this year. There's, there's so many candidates. Mika Richards, Henry Winter, the, the TIFO YouTubers, Joey Barton, but you can't show recency bias because the media muppet of the year is actually the England manager, Gareth Southgate. But he's not in the media, is he? Well, he, he is in the media. I mean, he do you, could you not remember the shows? I mean, those long international breaks, Gareth Southgate provided us with more media muppet material than many in the media. And the media is the only job he's going to get after he fails at the next Euros with England. I mean, <laughs> Spoken like a true Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get past the quarterfinals, though, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, stick is Stephen Davies. How old is he yeah. now? Uh, <laughs> but Gareth Southgate's press conference are just they're just parodies now of what he was when he first came into the, the role. I mean, he was a what was brush of fresh air. People were happy. 
um, the waistcoat, everyone's getting waistcoats and things. It's just, and he was saying, I'm going to pick players and form. I'm not going to do anything else. And look at where we are now, picking Harry Maguire and Calvin Phillips when they weren't even getting a kick for their own football teams to wading in on the Jordan Henderson debate after he sold his soul and his morals to join the Saudi Pro League. I mean, uh, I alluded to it earlier there, recency bias and Ollie Watkins was only the villa tip of the iceberg when it came to things Southgate said in the media. So Gareth Southgate is the medium up of the year. You make a compelling argument, Phil. I'll give you that. Yeah, we'll give you that one then. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at the England, uh, sorry, the Villa team. There's only two English players in that, isn't there? Conza and Watkins, that's it. They're almost irrelevant to uh, Villa nowadays. Right. F- join us for part two, which will be out shortly, to find out the top three players of the year. Reasons to be cheerful. What we would give Emery, if we had to give him a secret Santa, which would be a player from Villa's past to give Emery this Christmas to improve the matchday squad. Also, Phil's got a little uh, little poem for you as well. So join us for part two of the unapologetic and dysfunctional Villa Christmas 2023 special. Until part two, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.